You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft with your host, Daniel Garrett and Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how are you doing today? Doing well. Excited to get into talking about these, you know, pretty high-profile bowl games. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of guys are opting out, some of the ones that we really wanted to see. So that's unfortunate for us. It's, you know, good decision by them. But, you know, we have still plenty of guys and teams to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And we will uh, start here. We're going to go over the New Year's Six Bowls. Um so we start off with the first game is uh, December 30th at 7 p.m., the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, uh, Michigan State versus Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, obviously going to be some prospects, not the biggest prospect game. Um, so I think who's opted out of this one? I forget. Uh, Pickett and Walker. Uh, both of them opted out. Um, so, you know, we're, but we're missing both Kenneth's or Kenny's. I don't know what Kenny's Kenny's actual name is, but I'm missing both of those. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, I think that shifted the line and the totals a lot. Uh, right now, Michigan state is favored by three. The over under is 55 and a half. So, yeah. And, uh, you look at Michigan state, just, I, I think they're the better coach team. And especially you look, their defense has not necessarily NFL caliber talent, but they, they do have good talent. And I think that carries them, but like, this is probably of the big new year, six bowl games, the one with the least NFL talent with those opt-outs. Um, who are some guys you're interested in watching? Obviously for next year, you have Addison at receiver for Pitt, mm-hmm. um, but he's not going to be, uh, draft eligible this year i think he's the best prospect in this game um who are some of our guys here interested in so i mentioned him last episode on our safety preview there's xavier henderson who's the safety for michigan state he's like i said he's not like gonna be a super high profile player uh probably a day three pick might even convert to linebacker because of how good of a run defender he is if he can put on some weight but uh you know not the best coverage player and that's been a pretty big issue for Michigan State, they're ranked dead last in the country and passing yards allowed. They're the only team that's allowed more than 4,000 passing yards. Um, and they're averaging allowing 337 yards per game, which is terrible, which is interesting considering Mel Tucker's background. But I think he's kind of just getting his guys in there. Um, I know that there's some fans of um, Jakob Panasiak, uh, who is, I think, their defensive end, um, who's kind of in that traditional mold, like, Michigan State defensive ends are really like this kind of like a walk-on guy that works himself up the roster, but he's got some talent. Um, I'm trying to think if they – I don't think they have any high-profile linebackers right now. Um, the other side of the ball, they've got two really good receivers, Jalen Naylor and Jaden Reed, I think their names are. Yeah. Um, I could be mixing the first names up because they're similar. Um, 
but they're both redshirt juniors, I believe. So they might go back, especially because Peyton Thorne will be back as well. Um, and then they've got some offensive linemen that I'm interested in with, um, I think it's AJR Curry and Kevin Jarvis. Um, but they've done a good bit of rotating on that offensive line. But those, those two guys are guys who have like had my eye on, or at least have heard their names for the last few years. I think now they're finally out of, out of eligibility. Yeah, and uh, when you look at Pitt, it's just not going to be a game for them with much NFL talent. Because even a guy like Damari Mathis, who we went over, has opted out mm. as well. And I, I just for for Pitt, it's just I don't necessarily think you're going to be watching this game for the NFL talent. This this should be a very fun competitive game. But I don't think you're watching it to watch the NFL players in it. Yeah, I mean, Pitt has a tight end, Lucas Crawl, who was a tight end. Yeah, you Florida know, tight transfer, end, yeah. Florida transfer. I think he's an older guy, kind of a Hayden yes, Hurst kind of yeah. deal, a former pitcher and all that. Um, so, yeah, there's him. Um, Pitt has a defensive tackle. I think he's an underclassman, but his name is Kalijah Clancy or Clancy. Um, and he's, uh, you know, we say this with all these Pitt defensive tackles, but he's kind of an Aaron Donald type, like he's pretty undersized but he's a really fun player. Um, Deslin Alexandri is their defensive end, who's kind of a tweener player. And I think their best linebackers are underclassmen, Cam Bright and Servassier Dennis. Um, but they're interesting players. They're kind of that new, like hybrid linebacker that plays in the overhang. Um, so they're very fast, very athletic, just not the biggest guys, but those are interesting. Um, and I think Pitt is another wide receiver. Um, I think it's, it's Taysier Mack. He's a bigger receiver. And I think he's like the older one on the team uh yeah Taysier Mack I think he's a senior and he's he was he's been interesting he was kind of there he was a bigger receiver a few years ago but then Addison kind of took over obviously um I don't think Pitt's gonna have the biggest drop off they have their backup Nick Patty has played a decent bit the last few years so it's not like it's just some random you know freshman making his first start like as a guy with experience um so I'm not saying they're gonna go full like Pitt offense Kenny Pickett explosion but you know, I think that they'll be able to at least, you know, move the ball decently well and keep this interesting. And a name to watch in the future is Israel Abanacanda, who's Pitt's running back. Really, really good player. Yeah, and he is a uh, true sophomore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he would be next year's class or uh, perhaps staying another year. But, uh, yeah, there. It, this is a game, again, it's going to be the best game on uh, that night, and it's going to be what everyone wants to watch. However, again, just not a ton of NFL talent in this one. It's just a good college football game. By then, I think uh, by then I think I'll be down. I'll be done with coming down from um, uh, my high of ideally seeing Mac Brown get coated in mayonnaise from the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I just really want to see him having to do a press conference where he's just coated in mayonnaise. I think that would be absolutely hysterical. Yeah, yeah i I feel like Shane Beamer would take that too well to make it yeah him. absolutely he, i i want it to be i want it to be mac brown just because yeah. of his reaction to it yeah um we will go on to our next game here that we're going it's uh Rutgers Wake forest absolutely yeah yeah wake forest <laughs> for sure versus Rutgers. yeah <laughs> what a game uh no it's going to be the college football playoff semifinals. we'll start here with goodyear cotton bowl at 3 30 Cincinnati versus Alabama. Um, let's start off with Cincinnati on the offensive side of the ball. I think obviously the big player with them is Desmond Ritter at mm-hmm. quarterback. Got a few other guys t- that have NFL talent at tight end, wide receiver, running back, 
a few guys on the offensive line as well. So the, a very talented team, especially considering they are a group of five to school, um, have a good amount of NFL talent. So we'll start out with Ritter here. Why are you looking to see off him in this one? So I watched Ritter. It's, I read up a report on him over the summer when I was looking at his 2020 film. And I was interested by him because obviously he's very mobile, good runner. Um, they use him a lot in the RPO and just design quarterback run game. Um, he's got a good release. He's a smart player. He's got good mechanics. My biggest thing with him was just consistency of accuracy. Um, and honestly, it was to a lot, like all areas of the field. Like a lot of his short throws were just not placed well at all. Like they were either made it really hard for the receiver to catch. And then they just couldn't run after the cat. They couldn't get any run after the catch yardage or they were just complete misses. And then down the field, it got worse. Like he has the strength and the arm talent and everything, but just accuracy was really hit or miss. And I have watched a little bit of him this year, obviously not as much 2020 or 20 all 22 film. And it's, I think he's gotten better with that. Like there aren't as many just kind of stupid mistakes on the short throws with accuracy. And he's kind of unlocked some of those good deep balls. I think he's getting bailed out by his receivers a little bit still, but you know, if he's kind of fixed that issue with the accuracy that, that I was like, okay, if he fixes that, he can be a, you know, top round one or two quarterback. So I'll be interested to see how he does against Bama's defense though. Yeah. Again, uh, people love the physical traits. He, he is an older player, Richard senior. And mm-hmm. so at that point, the physical traits discussion kind of, uh, not the biggest fan of that as the selling point for a fifth year player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in this class as a guy, you could definitely see a team that does fall in love with that. Um, especially being that, again, like you said, it's not that he can't make the throws and he isn't athletic. It's that he's very, very inconsistent with accuracy and ball placement. So if you can get, obviously it, it sounds a lot more simple than it is to get that consistency down, but it is something where if you fix that one problem, he becomes a very good player. So it's not like you have all these issues that you had to fix. It's just one very major issue. Yeah. And I'm going to say this and it's something that I I've seen a few people do not too many, but I just remember it very being very specific is that I'm worried that some will look at him and be like, Oh, like this will be like Josh Allen. Like he can run, he can throw pretty well. And it's like this, like, first of all, we should not be using Josh Allen as an example. Like he is an exception to the rule. We're seeing him, you know, he's still playing well, but he's regressing from last year where he was absolutely incredible. Um, and Ritter just does not have the physical tools that Josh Allen has. I've both like as a runner, I, I, don't I think, really, I think and, there's about three people in the entire world with the physical tools Josh Allen has. Right, exactly. But even just like, just, just talking about arm talent, like he is just worlds away from where Allen is. And like, I think he has an NFL quality arm for sure, but you know, I think if you're making, if you're comparing him to Josh Allen, that is a, a big fallacy and people should not be doing that or using it as an example to like, say yeah. like, this is why Ritter will succeed because we can turn him into what Josh Allen is now. It's like, that's a very dubious proposition. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess we'll move on here to, we'll hit first the running back Jerome Ford. Uh, I know there are some people that are fans of him. I just haven't watched a ton of him yet, but he does have a very, Along with this offensive line, obviously, a very tough matchup. Uh, Bama does have a very good front, um, mm-hmm. which we will get to in a bit. But have you watched Ford? I've, I've, I've like seen, I've seen TV copies, like, like most people. Um, 
I feel like a lot of these Cincinnati running backs are just kind of the same. Um, just like these kind of short squat bowling ball types, um, which I like, which is just, I like, it's fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's got good power. He's got surprising speed for a guy that's kind of thickly built. Um, so yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting seeing like what he can create. Cause you kind of assume that Alabama is going to try to shut down the run game first and try to make Ritter beat them. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see like how much can he do when the run structure kind of collapses around him. But I think he's, a, I think he's an interesting player. You know, it's, it's a pretty deep running back group, excuse me, this year, I would say. So he's probably a early day three guy right now, if I had to guess. Yeah. And then for the receivers, um, I think Alec Pierce is kind of their number one, basically. Yeah. And, he's, um, and I know a lot, there are some people there, very big fans. I, I don't think it's a ton of people. I don't want to say a ton of people, but there are, there's a hive. There is a few people that are enormous fans of him. Yeah. And he gives me, and again, like not watching all 22, but he gives me that, you know, uh, JJ Ostega Whiteside kind of vibe, like big, tall receiver who goes up and gets 50 50 balls, which, you know, there's been some inconsistency about that kind of build and type of player panning out in the NFL. Uh, I wouldn't especially... even say inconsistency. I would say it's okay. rare. That... Right. That well, I, I was being kind, but, um, yeah. but anyways, like, especially from a guy who is at a group of five schools, so you kind of assume that he's there because he's lacking um, athleticism. Uh, but, you know, he does have some NFL traits, so he'll be the one to watch. And then uh, Josh Wiley is their tight end. And I think he's kind of taken a backseat this year, honestly, to another tight end who's more of a blocking type. So that's interesting, but I liked, I liked Wiley a fair bit as, you know, kind of your, Travis Kelsey type tight end, another Cincinnati guy um, who's just kind of like your move F type tight end. Who's kind of half receiver. Um, but I think, I think Pierce will be really interesting because you just, you kind of assume that Alabama will just put their best corners on him and rotate coverage towards him to try to, you know, force Ritter to look elsewhere and, you know, maybe start getting pressure on him that way. Yeah. And I guess after that, we'll flip over to the defensive side of the ball and we'll, we'll start with one of the big names here uh, up front. For the Bearcats, that's my Jay Sanders. Um, I, I'm not as big of a fan of him as some people are. There are a lot of people that I know like him as a first-round type guy. I'm not there. I had him more in that 8 to 10 range for edge rushers in this class. Um, I, I think he's uh, very – I would describe him very high cut, and I think that is to his detriment at times. Um, just very long leg. And I, I don't necessarily think that he's like this bad play. I just don't see the same upside that some people do. I don't see him as being a guy with super violent hand usage. I don't see him as a guy with elite bend or flexibility. I just see him as you know, just another guy at that edge rusher position. What do you think of my Jay Sanders? I'm probably a little higher on him than you are. Um, Cause I just, I, I, I do like his athleticism a lot. Um, and I, I do tend to agree with you a little bit on some of his um, deficiencies and like, like he's not, I, I agree with you that he's not a first round player, but I think, you know, a se- early second round guy, definitely like, cause he's got these athletic traits that are awesome. And he's the kind of guy that, you know, I think you draft the second and, you're not, and this was a little later in the second, but guys that like kind of the Bills drafted with Greg Rousseau, which was first round pick and Carlos Basham, who you're kind of not necessarily relying on to be 
immediate day one impact players, but you kind of bring them along slowly during the rookie year as a third edge rusher, as a third edge rusher. And then as the season goes on, you kind of just increase their playing time as they get more comfortable with the NFL game. Um, so I think he's got like the athletic tools to succeed. Um, probably just needs some more refinement, which, you know, might come with time. Um, but yeah, so I, I do like him a good bit. I think, I assume he'll be going up against Evan Neal, which will be a very interesting matchup. Um, cause Neal is, you know, the Makai Becton type of tackle. So, you know, Sanders might try to get him around the edge sometimes and we'll see how Neal can deal with that. Who obviously has great power and is really just a really, I think a solid, um, all around prospect at the offensive tackle. Yeah. And uh, again, I think this is probably, I, I'm going to say the second best matchup in terms of player versus player that we will see. Uh, throughout this game so i guess we can just go to that number one match and that's yeah. sauce gardner versus uh jameson williams um yeah we we both like sauce a good deal um when we went over cornerbacks and uh again just a very long physical uh going to be best impressed man and it's going to be interesting obviously jameson williams you have a major size advantage for Sauce Gardner in that matchup. Um, Jameson Williams is a bit shorter. I believe he is sub six foot and about 185. I is don't he, know about is that. He six, <laughs> is he six foot? He's he's six two. Oh, wow. I thought, now, he, granted, was, I thought that, he was 5'11". That could be, be like, you know, that I mean, that would be a lot of inches, but he, Alabama lists him at 6'2", 189. So... Huh. He's not so I he's not giving up that much of a size difference. No, um, no, for sure. I I did not realize he was that tall. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, he's it's, Williams is so good and I, oh, I think yeah, that, just like, an insane movement ability. And I think I honestly like think that he's a guy that okay, yeah, he was six one coming out. I thought he was five eleven okay. coming out. Uh but uh no, I, I definitely love his movement ability. And I think I think this is going to be the first time we've seen Sauce Gardner truly go up. Obviously, with uh, in the bowl game last year, they had Georgia, where Georgia had good receivers. But, you know, a lot of times he's going up against Pickens, who's that big physical guy. He hasn't necessarily seen a guy with this amount of speed and athleticism. And I think it's going to be a good preview for what he's going to see in the NFL. Now, I don't think he's necessary. I don't think he's necessarily going to get killed every play here or anything. I don't think he's like athletically limited. I just think this is the first time we've actually seen him get truly tested by NFL NFL athleticism. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at his schedule from this year and I mean, I think Notre Dame probably has some decent receivers, but none of them are like, guys were really thinking about the NFL. Indiana has Ty Freifogel, who is kind of a day three guy that, you know, that Gardner should have no problem with. Um, Last year, I guess, I'm not sure if he would have had the SMU receivers. They might have been hurt by then because I knew uh, Richard Everson got hurt relatively early. Uh, But yeah, he just doesn't face many players like Williams, who's probably going to be a first round pick this year if he declares. But I, I think the most interesting part is if, I think Bama or Cincinnati will have sauce travel with Williams because you have to think that Bama doesn't necessarily want that matchup every play because you know there are times where sauce will just get him so they're probably going to want to try to move Williams around he is their number one receiver with John Mechie out for the rest of the season so he's the guy you know they're probably going to put sauce on him and you know because I saw us actually just take a decent amount of reps in the slot for them and they aren't and they might not even just run pure man with him um actually not many slot steps this year but he has played in the slot the slot before um so 
I wouldn't see, I wouldn't think it'd be crazy to see him travel with him, which I think that would be really fun to watch just to watch those two. This was like when um, uh, LSU and Bama in 2019, when you had Derek Stingley uh, versus all those guys uh, on that team, which was nuts. Uh, but I, I do think that eventually um, Williams will probably get the best of him on one big play uh, just because he is so fast. And especially if they kind of can interfere and, you know, legally interfere with sauce in a crossing route where they like give him a little t- uh, tap or a pick that gives him some separation. Uh, but I think, I mean, I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Williams too, because, you know, uh, I mean, Bama's offense has been pretty solid. I guess they just played Auburn a few weeks ago and George is like, he's, this is another week where he's not going to have an easy matchup like he's had against you know some of the other teams in the sec granted he yeah, torched yeah. georgia so <laughs> yeah in the last two weeks he has had tough matchups against very good secondaries mm-hmm. um well last two games um yeah. but uh i mean the other receivers you'll see um slade bolden obviously going to play a lot in that slot for bama um i believe it's jacory brooks who is a freshman will be their uh other receiver and they'll rotate through a lot of younger guys a lot of sophomores and freshmen will rotate through with mechie being out um he'll actually use some pro personnel with uh if uh jaleel billingsley can get out of the doghouse for once yeah i mean obviously with uh cameron latou um mm-hmm. yeah, him, yeah he is a good player so i'm looking now at the depth chart on our lads um they have major Tennyson above, yeah, <laughs> uh, above Billingsley and Billingsley. Tennyson, was... Tennyson doesn't even have a target this year. That's yeah. wild. Um, uh, the other receiver they have, the receiver with the next most targets after Bolden, uh, is Treshawn Holden with eighteen. Okay, uh, yeah. And then, then it's JoJo Earl and Jacory Brooks. Those are the next three. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, Holden's a sophomore, and Brooks and Earl are both freshmen. Yeah. But I mean, Mechie and Williams have a hundred or two hundred and thirty of the four hundred fifty targets this year. So like those are the guys. So it'll it'll losing Mechie is huge. But I mean, Williams is their leading receiver in the yards and touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I think the other aspect of this is that Cincinnati has a few good safeties as well. Uh, Javon Hicks, Brian Cook, and uh, Arquan Bush. Yep, or he's a Caesar slot corner, I think. Um, so, you know, seeing how their whole secondary kind of works around ostensibly kind of shading all their coverage towards Williams, and then will that open up, you know, more opportunities for guys like Slade Bull and some of those other guys where Cincinnati's like, all right, if that guy beats us, fine, we can deal with that. Um, so, I, you know, Kobe Bryant across from Sauce Gardner's no slouch. Wearing number he eight. Some, yes, he somehow won the Jim Thorpe Award, which is bewildering to me, given that Sauce is just miles better. Um but I mean, this Cincinnati defense is pretty loaded. Like they've got Curtis Brooks, who's a good defensive tackle, a really good pass rusher, and Darian Beavers, who's a kind of a Belichickian type linebacker. You know, this big dude who does everything. Um, and I like Beavers a lot. I think he'll be an interesting prospect come draft time. Yeah, for sure. And all these guys are older. Like the only, <laughs> the youngest guy is Sauce Gardner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Uh, it's it's a very experienced defense for sure and um with with this much talent you definitely do need that experience um and so we'll flip over to the other side of the ball uh for bama here to their other guys on offense obviously we hit on evan neal a little bit already just a massive human being athletic freak for that size and he's been playing pretty well i think um they have a lot of other guys um 
not necessarily sure um, which ones are going to come out. I would assume Dahlcourt stays, but I'm. I think they're. In, I think the uh, what's his name? Um, Chris Owens very, is a Owens, senior. Yeah, he's an older player, so he's yeah. probably kind of aging out there. Um, a lot of their guys are younger. You're right. I think Emil Ekior might be eligible, but I could. He is eligible, uh, but I was not sure about him. Dahlcourt's eligible, and uh, Cohen is not. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, then mostly like the skill position, like Brian Robinson, a running back who has been their lead guy, but you know, he's, um, I mean, he's kind of remind he wears the same number, but he does kind of remind me of TJ Yeldon, like not necessarily a spectacular athlete, but does everything pretty well. Um, and, he's know. a good college back, I would mm-hmm. say, and will will be a guy that is on an NFL roster. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then we've kind of talked about the receivers and tight ends, you know, Lot two is going to be, I don't think he's, I think he'll come back next year and be like a tight end one and probably in the class. Like he's very good at everything. Um, and then but Billingsley had all the hype going into this year, but Saban just didn't like him because he was dropping or being lazy in practice or whatever. Um, so he, I don't think he's really ever kind of escaped that this season. And he's been kind of a big letdown for a lot of people who are into the draft. Yeah, for sure. There uh, a lot of people had him as tight end one coming into the year. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, um, we, we've we watched some of these guys when we were doing our interior defensive line. Um, DJ Delph, Darren Mathis, um, LeBron Ray, Byron Young, Justin Boygbe. Boy, I, I forget yeah, how to that say one always his messed name. me up. Yeah. Um, but like we watched a few of those guys. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like from all indications that Fidarian Mathis really took a big step forward this year yeah uh in all aspects of his game which kind of odd for you know alabama players because you obviously they don't usually stay around that long uh but he's been in the program a while and so maybe it just kind of clicked from this year and he's made a ton of big plays so that's cool to see um we talked about jordan battle last week we both like him a ton um henry toe toe is uh playing well as their kind of new middle linebacker um there's not we could talk we could have a whole episode just talking about will anderson but he's not eligible (laughs) much yeah, as i would love to talk about the terminator but he's he's so good but he's i mean not eligible until next year yeah we'll just say this i mean i think we're both in agreement here he's the best player in the playoffs um yeah and he and he said like we've been feeling disrespected this whole year so i i really fear for whoever cincinnati's offensive tackles are because i fear for i think i saw somebody tweet like <laughs> so yeah somebody somebody had a tweet said like whoever um is on a cincinnati's offensive line they're uh, draft projection just going to draft drop by a round after playing will anderson <laughs> yeah yeah it's going to be a very rough day um and, and yeah we we hit bail on their secondary there um we we weren't the biggest fans of josh job i think um, is he he's is he hurt i thought i remember seeing him is he i know I he, he might... hasn't been like their top guy anyways uh jalen armor davis has been their top corner um I yeah he's been at, yeah he uh he's he had a turf to injury and he's out okay um so yeah so it's him and kool-aid okay Kool-Aid starting about, yeah kool-aid's their other starter kool-aid mckinstry who's a true freshman and i think because like the other guys are uh brian branch and malachi moore who are like their slot star players you know yeah um but yeah so it's kool-aid and uh jalen armor davis as their main starts a corner. Yeah, and from what I've seen, Armour Davis has been pretty good. Um, I mean, he'll, he'll probably end up coming out as a redshirt junior. Um, 
haven't gotten to watch him in terms of all 22 just been live viewings of him but i thought yeah, he has I, been I've, impressive yeah. i'm not sure i feel like he might come back because then he'll be like the guy next year um with joe believing um uh, but I, I don't know like i could be wrong he has had a very good season by all accounts uh just looking at some of his numbers um so yeah maybe he could kind of capitalize on this, especially as a big game um yeah. so yeah that'll be interesting um in terms of what alabama's gonna do like like i said i think they're really gonna try to like put a tons of guys in the box stop the run you know cincinnati's super dependent on the rpo game so if they put tons of guys in the box you know that can kind of mess up that timing and then they're being say like hey ritter like you got to beat us deep and like get lucky on all those 50 50 balls you're throwing to alec pierce and eventually you know if you, flip, if you flip a coin so many times it's always 50 50 so i think they're going to take those odds rather than you know kind of giving ritter a clean pocket or with uh, easy access throws so i think they're going to be very aggressive going after cincinnati but with all that being said i still think that cincinnati is going to give them at least a game um i don't think it's going to be a major major blowout um i think bama does win by probably 10 points or more but i think this will be a respectable effort from the bearcats yeah I, I do as well, but I do think Bama does end up winning by a decent margin. Um, I'm not sure what the spread is. I think it's 13 and a half. Uh, that, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Vegas is usually pretty good about that stuff. Obviously, they're wrong, but I think they're just about on with that. Uh, we'll move on to the other uh, semifinal game. That's the Capital One Orange Bowl. Um, Georgia versus Michigan, 730 Eastern. Um, man i this is caveman this is caveman football (laughs) which so i can be i can be a half glass full or half glass empty kind of guy do i want to say which offense do we have to start with or do i want to say which defense do we get to start with um let's get the let's get the offense out of the way okay then we can just be done with it and move on (laughs) we'll go with the georgia offense here um Stetson Bennett's nothing. Nope. <laughs> um, so we can do Zamir White and James Cook. Yeah, I mean they they're fine. I, I, I like Zamir White a lot. Um, just you know, gives me like kind of the Sony Michelle kind of vibe. You know, with a bigger running back. Um, just kind of does everything you're asking. Not the most incredible guy at kind of any one thing, but just really solid all around. Um, incredibly strong. Like I think his name is Zeus. Like it's like he's just built as heck and then james cook dalvin's little brother he's getting a lot of hype i think he's been getting some more playing time this year um kind of there almost like a slot back like they use him a lot in the passing game um really explosive athlete like dalvin he's a little a little smaller than dalvin like little brother is very applicable in terms of age and size uh but yeah i mean that's a really interesting backfield i don't think they have i don't know who their third guy is but i don't think he's eligible um even so um but, their third guy would be kendall milton who's a sophomore okay i thought you, for some reason my brain like initially thought you said kendall <coughs> hinton and i was like um no <laughs> um but yeah and then and in their passing uh offense i think i mean <coughs> lad mcconkey oh yeah oh yeah the, the, um the king. not eligible but uh oh, sad <laughs> just a just a name um Lad Pickens is back, correct? So he is healthy physically in terms of like the the injury, yes, but he, I believe, is on the COVID list. So (laughs) I'm not sure what's going on with that right now. Um, In full disclosure, we're recording on Wednesday night. So 
yeah. you know, that's been a whole thing this last week. Um, so I don't know where he exactly he stands with that. But yeah, um, so none of their past catchers outside of him are eligible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought Kyrus Jackson. Oh, he might is. Be... Yeah, he's okay, a, okay. He's a registered junior. Um. Okay. He, I forgot about him too. Um. Yeah, yeah and then they just the like only... don't even they just don't use their receivers like they rotate them in and out so much. Uh, no, like, like their tight end three a, is draft eligible. Yeah, like because like Brock Bowers is the, the guy, and then there's Darnell Washington, then like John Fitzpatrick, who's just yeah. like the most like blocking of blocking tight ends you could ever yeah, find. Yeah, like <laughs> I would assume he comes back for his last year, um, plays um yeah. as their tight end three again, and then yeah. leaves yeah, like that, and is like, like a seventh round pick as a blocking tight end. Yeah, like that guy's got to transfer. Like, like actually like go somewhere where you're gonna play my guy because i mean like i think there's still a chance that they get Arik gilbert back right yeah That's yeah where there up? is okay. there is a chance um i i hope not <laughs> i <laughs> mean they, hey listen i say a wilson ended up playing snaps in nfl game i think Arik gilbert can come back no no i meant more for oh i know i'm just saying yeah i was just yeah. making a relative a, a, a comparison to another georgia player that had some issues yeah but yeah, I mean, Kyrus Jackson, he's, he's a fun player. They just don't really use him enough because of how their offense is structured. Um, I like him a good bit, but yeah, I mean, the passing yeah. offense for Georgia is really not much to talk about. Yeah, I mean, for next year, I like Jermaine Burton a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's him and Lad McConkey are the only, uh, and Justin Robertson. Oh, there is quite a few redshirt freshmen or sophomores, so they will have quite a few guys eligible for next year, but Burton looks to me to be the top of that list for them next year. Um, offensive line wise, I mean, uh, Jamari Salier, um, I don't remember his height, weight off the top think, of my head. I think he's a little on the smaller side. I want to say like, I believe 325. Yeah. He's six, kind three. Of built like, he's like, yeah, six, four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Six, four, three, 25. Yeah. Mm, seen a lot about him moving into guard um in the nfl um we believe he was invited to one of the games which one was he a senior bowl guy uh i think he i know he's a senior so i believe that would make sense um but yeah i i like him a decent bit you know probably a guard convert but i mean if you're playing left tackle for georgia you're probably doing something right um he has i think some guy replaced him but i think that was an injury thing um trying to see if i can find this there's i'm not seeing anything on my initial google search for a senior bowl game or anything um but i mean i think they also have uh justin schaefer who's their um left guard left guard yep good really good player too um so i mean and i think i'm not sure what their uh the other guy's status is in terms of eligibility um so i'm not sure i think warren mcclendon's another guy who's pretty good um I'm just not sure. I'm just going to go check how old all these guys are. Um, Cause I feel like McClendon, most of them are pretty young. McClendon is draft eligible, but only oh, okay. a redshirt sophomore. Okay. Then he's probably, so not, coming probably not coming out. The only other guy that would possibly was Warren Erickson, their right guard. I don't believe he will either. Their center, um, Cedric Van Praan is not a freshman. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of these guys are young. Um, yeah. But I mean, they're, you know, they're all great run blockers. They're, you know, they don't pass that much, but they're pretty decent there too. So, um, but I mean, uh, you know, we'll flip over now. I mean, they're going to be facing a lethal defensive line in Michigan. 
Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> Ojabo and Hutchinson as an edge rush duo is just um, not something you want to see. No, probably um, the best edge rushing duo in the country. Chris Hinton. Um, yeah, you watched him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked him a decent amount. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think it was, like, a great player, but he had traits um, is the best way to put it. He had mm-hmm. good traits. Um, He's a young guy, too, right? Junior. He's got some developing yeah. to do. Okay, yeah, sure, so. junior. Yeah, and, like, Ojabo is, like, technically <laughs> listed as a redshirt freshman, but it's actually his third year or something. Yeah. Or he's yes. listed as a freshman because Michigan yeah. doesn't do red shirts, which is really frustrating. Um but he's a third year player. So he's eligible too. but I feel like considering this is, he's kind of a one-year wonder, he could kind of capitalize on that or come back and, you know, try to prove himself. Yeah. Um, and it, like I mean, guy. if he came back, he'd probably be the favorite for edge two next year. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. so, but no, this will be a very interesting matchup. And honestly, just for matchup sakes, I hope it's Michigan and Bama that win. Cause I want to see these guys go up against Evan Neal um, mm-hmm. very much. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, if Cincinnati somehow pull off that upset, you're like, all right, you're, you, uh, you somehow found a way to beat Will Anderson. Here's Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. It's yep. just an absolute hellacious playoff for them. Yeah. Uh, no matter who it is, I think it's going to be uh, this, mm-hmm. this is, I think defensive line you could argue is uh a strength not necessarily the greatest strength but a strength for all these teams um yeah i would i would agree with that yeah i think the the interesting thing about michigan is them kind of getting away from the don brown defense of like having all these crazy pressures and simulated pressures and you know amoeba defense and all that and now they're kind of just like all right four down linemen rush them go get them and that there's kind of like we're gonna beat you one-on-one and they have the guys to do that they have the horses so that's kind of an interesting shift they've made um It'll be interesting to see if that works against uh, Georgia, given that they have a pretty good offensive line. You know, we saw them obviously get the better of Iowa, who's got Linderbaum, but other than that, not a ton of like great players like they usually have for Iowa. And yeah. you think about it, I mean, they gave Ohio State all they could handle. And they've got a pretty good O-line too. Um, so that'll be definitely, that's probably like, uh, like we talked about uh, Jameson Williams and Sauce Gardner. This is kind of the more unit matchup to watch in all the playoff is how does, uh, Michigan's off or defensive line. Can they get after sets and Bennett? Yeah, for sure. And y- you look, they have decent depth as well, especially at defensive tackle. Um, linebacker wise, I don't necessarily, no one stands out. I mean, Josh Ross is probably, I, I, I kind of like, I kind of like Josh Ross. I think he's a, he's a limited player. Um, like he has a specific role, you know, as kind of your yeah. two down thumper, which obviously isn't the most valuable thing anymore. But, you know, I think if he's like a, you know, day three pick, that's, you know, he's your, you know, your backup in case somebody gets hurt and he's, you know, your, uh, your special teams captain or something. I think that that's more than fine for him. I don't see him being like a big NFL contributor, but I think he's, he's got something. Yeah, and their other linebacker, Junior Colson, is just a true freshman. So, yeah, um, so, and then we've we've talked. Well, mm-hmm. we talked about um, Daxton Hill in the secondary. He's, yeah, who's playing like more of that nickel um, mm-hmm. for them? Um, yeah. Brad Hawkins as well. Who you've I, watched. I really liked him. Yep, uh, and I think their other two guys, their other two safeties, are younger. Yeah, um, Moore and Moten are. Uh, Moten is a sophomore. Moore is a freshman. I I like more more than um, nice. Moten. <laughs> um but uh 
And then I think their their corners, uh, Vincent Gray and um, Gamon Green, they're both. I think they're both they're both eligible. I think they're both fourth year players, if yes, I remember correctly. Um, and so I, I think they're both they're both um like pretty tall, <laughs> long guys. Um, so I, I I'm not sure if they would declare. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they would. You know, Michigan's been having some decent uh, uh, success at producing NFL defensive backs since Harbaugh came in. So I think I think the NFL teams will be interested in them because, you know, there's a lot of teams that just like those long corner types and, you know, coming from an NFL style defense that's being coached by a former NFL, you know, position coach. I think that those guys will be probably like, you know, around day three or you know, early day three guys, depending on how they test. Yeah. And uh, bef- before we get off of this defense, um, I did want to, while I'm down here at the bottom of the uh, depth chart, um, Jake Moody has a, kicker um we don't talk about kickers really but uh i think he's an nfl kicker all right <laughs> um there's our special teams analysis uh, i'll take for the for it <laughs> I, I i like him he's a senior um you know i don't think he's the top kicker uh but, but uh i do think he is a guy that will get a shot in the nfl all so right. <laughs> um I'll, I'll take your word for it i'll put him on my sheet to <laughs> look at his stats and do nothing else within that <laughs> um what well, let's flip over to michigan's offense now um Cade mcnamara i think comes back for another year no question um i mean the only question is that jj mccarthy potentially pushing him out if he has a good spring and i would think that would be more of a transfer mm-hmm. situation um, than a actual declaration for the NFL draft. I just don't see that. Yeah, um, neither of these quarterbacks are like great throwers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're solid. Um, McCarthy's the better runner. McNair is like, I'd say a slightly better passer, but neither of them are great prospects right now. Man, yeah, guess, so. I, I remember people freaking out on Twitter because JJ McCarthy threw a pass where he uh, was scrambling out and did a like 360 before he threw it. And he three, uh, he 360 no scope to pass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone was freaking out. And uh, I remember this specifically because it went out of bounds. And oh, I nice. was very confused. I was like, that's incomplete. Oh, um, so it was like uh, the Mahomes throw from the Super Bowl where he's like <laughs> parallel to the ground. I was like, this is the greatest throw ever. It's like, well, it was, it was pretty cool, but it was, it did, uh, it did up being incomplete. But yeah, like know, he still. called it, but he called it out of bounds. Okay, so it's like, gotcha. yeah. Um, but yeah, so but they got some fun skill position players, though. Yeah, I mean, so Roman Wilson and uh is a sophomore, not eligible. Andre Anthony also is a freshman. Um, AJ Henning is a sophomore. Um, so their draft eligible receivers are Cornelius Johnson, Mike Sanderstrill, and uh Dalen Baldwin. Um yeah, San Ronnie, Ronnie, Bell, Ronnie Bell's out. For yeah, year, yeah, but he's coming I, back. Yeah, um, so yeah, um, but I would assume all their receivers, except for I don't know if Baldwin has eligibility. Um, he would be my only question on if he comes back or not. Um, and he doesn't play a lot. Yeah, so I'm um, obviously I don't really know much about him, if anything, to be honest. He's like their fifth or sixth receiver right now. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. I hope, he's not an NFL guy. Yeah, so we can watch um, him. Of their draft eligible guys that haven't announced they're coming back already, uh, Santa Strill, I think, is probably the best. I think I like him a bit more than Johnson, but like I think he should come back. 
Yeah, I mean, I was thinking more about the running backs. Yeah, than, uh, yeah, I was saving the them for last. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, um, Eric All at tight end. I, I will say this: I love the way this guy blocks at two hundred forty something pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, as pass pass catcher, eh. He's, but, I mean, I mean he's that's, all these, that's, he's, that's all these Michigan tight ends. They're, yeah. you know, they're pretty solid. So they're, they're good blockers. They're decent receivers. You know, they're kind of like the, the Jason Witten types that they catch the ball, they run, they don't make anybody miss, and then they go down. Yeah, I, I like all. I and, like him yeah, a decent amount. Teams can work with that for sure. I think he's going to be a tight end two, tight end three in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like just a solid player. Um, So let's get to the fun part Um, with this offense. Um. Blake Corum is not eligible. Sophomore Hassan Haskins, uh, senior bowl guy, I do believe. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, that's correct. at running back. Um, I mean, this is a thunder and lightning type situation here. Um, yeah, with Corum and Haskins, uh, with uh, Haskins being that uh, thunder. Uh, oh yeah. So, uh, <laughs> where do you see him ending up draft wise? I think it's tough because he, you know, when, when with rel- relative decorum, he's not like the most pass catching type. Like he is a you know, true, like downhill between the tackles thumper. Um, and that, you know, some teams still value that not as many as they're, as they used to. Um, but he's an old, he's a experienced player. He's been around for a little while. I think they even thought about moving him to linebacker last year or something, or they even tried that. Um, so that's interesting, you know, kind of shows that he's dedicated to the team, but only 18 targets he caught 16 of them so that's good but um not the most interesting there but i think that you know for teams that do still value that downhill running back you know like kind of like the titans or the colts i mean the colts don't really need any more running backs right now but you know you go i'm saying um i think he's he's gonna have like he has all the athletic tools and just the ability to be a pretty good running back in the nfl maybe just doesn't have like the home run speed um or just like the most explosive athletically um but, you know, you know exactly what you're getting with him. He's going to be – if you if you ask him to do what he's good at, he's going to succeed. And, you know, I think he's probably a early day three pick just because there's going to be other running backs that are more explosive, offer more in the passing game. Um, so he's just going to be less of a valuable commodity. And it's not really about his skill set. It's just about what the NFL wants right now. Yeah, I, I agree with all those points. Like I... if, this, if this was like the early 2000s, second round pick. <laughs> yeah yeah like he will be a he will be a guy who is just your rotational back will fit in um i i don't necessarily see that him being a, a high-end starter or anything but i think if you're looking to build out a running back room and you have some more explosive guys and want a uh down to down type guy i think he can fit that role much like he does at michigan mm-hmm. um i think he can make the uh jump to the nfl and be able to do a, much of the same role um obviously not going to have a uh, five touchdown games but uh, no, uh probably not <laughs> but i do think he can be that uh solid uh committee type back um mm-hmm. Their offensive line um, have some older players. I don't yeah, necessarily I think, think any of them stand out. Um, the yeah, I mean, is, yeah, that's the one I was going to say. Is like, like he's a graduate best. student center who's you know will probably get some looks because you know the NFL NFL teams always need uh, centers and they like experience at that position. So he could be 
you know, a late round draft pick. Um, I think, I think Stuber is an older player. Yeah. He's um, a graduate as well. Okay. So he's probably going to be uh, picked as picked uh, in the draft as well as their right tackle. Yeah. Um, so but, he might, maybe, maybe he's a, a candidate to kick inside the guard, but you know, as all these guys are, you know, very powerful run blockers. Uh, Stuber's actually a pretty decent pass protector as well, but he hasn't given up a sack this year. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think, I think those, uh, these guys will be, yeah, th- this is, this is the other matchup is, you know, Ken, I don't think anybody's expecting Michigan's offensive line to do what they did against Ohio state to Georgia, but you know, can they get a push and break a few runs here and there? You know, can they just not lose yards every play? <laughs> yeah, and of the uh, of these guys, I think my favorite in terms of NFL upside. Not don't necessarily think he's there. Is Zach Center, who is not eligible. Um, mm-hmm. he's a sophomore. Um, their right guard. Um, but uh, no, I mean Trevor Keegan at left guard is a junior, and Ryan Hayes at left tackle is a senior. Um experienced group um but you know don't necessarily have uh have the most high-end players i just think this is a testament to having a unit with no weaknesses how well that Mm -hmm. can um do for you um this is a big like lunch pail unit like they're coming to do a job they're and they're gonna they're just good they're gonna do it they're not gonna mess around there's not gonna be all this flashy stuff they're just gonna you know put their head down and get after it with gap power run for the entire game. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, being flipped to George's defensive line yeah. now, which, which is uh... <laughs> you're putting here, putting your head into that. That's going to be a pretty tough task to do, you know, repeatedly for three or, or four hours. Yeah. Um, not something I would enjoy doing no. personally. Um, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker are the draft eligible guys that play a lot. Jalen Carter is the fourth one that rotates in there. Um, man, this is I mean, this is why I said caveman football because, like, you know that like Caldwell is just gonna be back there, or I'm not Caldwell. Uh, Harbaugh is just gonna be sitting there, just calling halfback dive, halfback power, halfback trap, you know, for like you know an entire drive, and there's gonna be running right uh, Hassan Haskins right up Jordan Davis's face and. You know, Vistardis is a bit of an undersized center going up against Jordan Davis, who's possibly the most oversized defensive tackle since Terrence Cody, uh, maybe Vita Vea. Um, so I think that's going to be a tough task. You know, we saw what he did to a relatively similar running attack in Kentucky, where he just absolutely ate the center alive. Um, so I think that's going to be a tough task. You know, we've talked about Wyatt, who has had a really good season this year. Uh, Trevon Walker's a, like, just an athletic freak who defies logic and physics. Um, and then Jalen Carter's like, oh, yeah, they also have this Jalen Carter kid who's really good, too. Um, the, the thing that I'm most interested in is that, and this was kind of what doomed Georgia against Alabama. And, you know, you could say it might be because they're missing Adam Anderson due to some off-field stuff. But they do not have a guy who is like there. All right, this, they don't have a Will Anderson or a Aiden Hutchinson or even a Majai Sanders, really. They don't have that one guy that's like, all right, this is our pastor who can win one-on-ones. Like, yeah, they, I mean, their top guy is Nolan Smith, um, but. Yeah, I get what he could get there for sure. Like he's just a younger guy, but he's, he's kind of small. um, And he's just more of a linebacker build, but it's like, my point is they just don't have like, they can't have like one guy who's just going to go out there and win one-on-ones. Like they need to do all like the schemed up sim pressures and everything. So if, you know, if they can beat these past these tackles and pass protection, 
then, you know, that's going to make it really tough for Michigan if they can't really run consistently and then if they can't pass off of it. So, you know, watching to see if, you know, Devonta Wyatt or Trevon Walker or Jalen Carter can make some hay as pass rushes will be the thing that I'm really looking for in this game. Yeah, and you go to the linebackers, uh, Nicobe Dean, um, going to be uh, the, I would say, the top linebacker in this playoffs. Um, and the are guys, uh, they have uh, Robert Beal, Quay Walker. Um, Quay Walker Chan- and Channing Tindall, I think. Yeah. At least one of them is a senior bowl invite. It might be both of them. Uh, I'm not sure. I know they're both seniors. Yeah. I don't know which one. Yeah. For- if both yeah um, Wait, i i have now i have um tyndall and walker tape i'm that i'm that's the guys i'm gonna try to watch next i have watched a good bit of dean and he is really fun <laughs> he is crazy fast he's six foot 225 so he's pretty he's relatively small um it's okay for linebackers these days but man he just flies the ball flies through blocks he's just insane like not like insane good and also just mentally insane for his willingness to sacrifice his body um, so like if, if Michigan's running the ball and by some chance they even get past the defensive line, the running backs are just going to get walloped by these linebackers. Cause they have no regard for their lives or their opponent's lives. So, you know, Channing Tindall is another one that's crazy athlete, just loves to hit people. Quay Walker is a bit of a bigger, longer linebacker, um, play him a little more on the outside, but I mean, this is another great group of them. So like, I just really struggle to see a way where Michigan's going to be able to actually make any yardage on the ground with how good this front seven is or even their front six because they do a lot of like nickel stuff because that's kind of how Kirby's talked about his run defense is like we want to be super sound with our six guys so we can still remain even in the passing game yeah and we'll, we'll get to that passing game with their secondary um Darian Kendrick uh obviously a very good player transfer from Clemson um and their other their other corners are not necessarily guys that'll go high this year. Um, I know a lot of uh, Keeley Ringo fans as a redshirt freshman. Um, looking, they have a mere speed as a redshirt senior. Um, Latavius Brini is their uh, slot guy, and he was yeah. for most of the season he was like the highest graded corner on PFF, and he's dropped off a little bit now, but. He's been an interesting player. Uh, he's a big corner. He's like 6'2", 210. So he's like what, a big slot defender. Um, and then we've talked about Lewis Seen, their safety, who's we both really liked. Uh, you kind of yeah. came around a little later. Um, Christopher Smith, their other safety, um, he had the pick six against Clemson in week one. And uh, he's, I think, if uh, Seen's kind of their more free safety, they move Smith around a little more. Uh, actually, looks like he's like the two high guy. So, you know, they keep those safeties in the two high. So, and then... Uh, this they stay sound against the pass and they just let their massive front seven go to work down there. But, and we like seeing a lot. I think Smith is an older player, but he's a little undersized. He is a senior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's not the athlete that's seen is um, just not just still a decent player and probably a day three pick, but some people are like, as we're saying, Oh, like this is kind of Georgia's weak point, their secondary, especially their corners, which is interesting. Um, I think it's just because they kind of asked their corners to do so much. It's not necessarily that they're bad. Yeah, like I would agree, it's probably the weak point of the defense, but it's not because it's bad. It's just because no, everything yeah, just, else it's just is by so process good. of elimination for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and like Alabama was able to get some stuff going mainly because they have Jamison Williams, and Michigan doesn't have any of those kind of guys. Like, yeah, no, if I they mean, they had Ronnie Bell, I'd be like, okay, like maybe they can get something going, but 
they just don't like, have really anyone that I trust. Like I like Wilson and Anthony, but like and Henning too, but they're all younger guys that haven't necessarily proved themselves and also don't have that elite athleticism that Will Williams has. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I would I, say I, I think George's game plan is gonna be similar to the one I said for Bama. And obviously their defenses are for a cut from the same cloth is just like we you know, Michigan wants to run on us. Let's, you know, prevent that from happening, force them to make tough passes. Um, because like we said, like McNamara is okay. He's not a world beater. Um, and you know, basically they're saying, like, we think that we can, you know, outlast you with our offense kind of doing the same thing with a relatively similar player. Uh, we just have more faith that we can beat your defense. So, like I said, this is gonna be caveman football, just bashing heads into walls. Um, a lot of CTE going around in this game. I think well, I think there'll be a paper about this game a few years down the road. Um, but I, th- I think it's you know this is like the football heads like game. This is the game for bets and guys like that where it's just like oh, all the clinics are telling me what's going on on the field. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, this is like the perfect 1990s football game oh that's that's so true that is so true like they really need to break out some of the neck rolls from like the bottom of the equipment bin for all the linebackers in this like i mean yes but also they can hand those to the running backs yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. let's just get a pregame oklahoma drill between zamir white and hassan haskins oh yeah you knock each other over so uh we will be uh, taking a break here because we want to break this up into uh, a two-part podcast because we are going a bit long, don't want to have a super long one. So we will be back. Uh, just check your feed here for part two of the podcast where we go over the other three uh, New Year's Six Bowl games. Until then, let's get fired up.